five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. What's going on, everyone? Tyler Cash here. It's been some time, but it is another episode of Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. I'm chilling here in my apartment in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, enjoying a Whitney and Sprite out of one of my new Schlafly cups. Love it. Talking to my boy, Tommy. How you doing, bud? Good. Is it Nevada or is it Nevada? That's no, the real to, question. No, you have to say Nevada. Nevada I, or Nevada? No, I think it's Nevada. Like You have to sound like basically you're from the East Coast when you say it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nevada sounds like farty far kind of logic. Yeah, but they make sure they advertise it everywhere. But um, yeah, so uh, we've had one episode. We dropped a recent interview that we did with AJ Galante from the Danbury Trashers. That was our last episode. If you haven't checked it out, please go back and do that because it actually wound up being a beauty. Like uh, so much much fun. We recorded that last year. It's been quite some time. Crazy uh, to think. Still relevant. Uh, we talked about some of our favorite enforcers and uh, his time when he was running that team and the Netflix documentary, of course. So go back and check that out. Um, but first thing we should talk about is All-Star Weekend. I attended it. It was a blast and uh, also competed in the Chicklets Cup and uh, proposed to my girlfriend. So I'm now engaged. A lot a lot went down. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. A lot, lots of, uh, pink Whitney was consumed. Lots of beverages. It was great. Um, my team didn't do so hot. We went Oh, and four rough. Yeah. Rough. The, the St. Louis booze, uh, showing up, uh, in prime form. That's for sure. My boys from St. Louis came in my roller team that I've had for many years. And, uh, yeah, we just couldn't get it together. I think, uh, it was some rough surface out there. Uh, they didn't have any sport court and it, took place outside the strat which which have you ever been on the strip in las vegas it's is it that is it that like bonanza plaza is it right by there like that big bonanza is that the same one or like right behind it or yeah i think it's it's right there it's right across from the strat which i mean the strat's actually a nice hotel and casino it's great like the area has got a lot of uh, culture to it but that parking lot not so much and i saw grinelli posted on twitter that their upcoming chicklets cup that they're going to be hosting in buffalo new york this july they're going to invest in sport, uh, sport court, which is a great choice, <laughs> a great choice, I agree. but I, I hate to be that guy that, uh, that uses as an excuse, but yeah, we were, it, the pucks weren't bouncing our way. Let's put it that way. But, um, yeah, it was fun, fun weekend, went to, uh, both the skills competition and, uh, the all-star game, uh, the metropolitan took it. We won't spend a lot of time on the ins and outs of that because by now you guys probably sure uh, have watched it or at least seen the updates on YouTube. Uh, but Giroux took home the MVP. Um, just a couple of notes. Uh, I think we we both feel as if Zegras got a little uh, gypped there uh, for the skills competition. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess Vegas had to win something in its hometown, right? Like somebody had to win something, right? I mean, but Petrangelo missed the net twice on his breakaway challenge, which is classic Petro as a blues fan, missing the net on like wide open opportunities. But yeah, I mean, I pretty much, it was every judge gave like a score, like one to 10. And then John Hamm was one of the judges and then gave Petro a 19, an homage to him winning the cup in 2019 with the blues, 
which gave him the win over both Jack Hughes, who did a pretty cool celebration, I think, with the mini Hughes uh, little uh, goal there. And then obviously the Zegris dodgeball blindfolded kind of crazy, phenomenal goal that he pulled off. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely robbed. I mean, kind of cheesy. I mean, I guess that's how all-star game or our skills competitions kind of are with the NHL, but I mean, definitely robbed without a doubt. Zegris Hughes for sure. They went full cheese with it, but I thought Zegris is set up. He dressed up like average Joe's gym from dodgeball and they blindfolded him and, and rumor has it. He was only supposed to be blindfolded once. He was accidentally blindfolded twice which that makes his, uh, his, his skill shot. Is that what that is? I guess you would call it a breakaway challenge. Yeah, pretty much makes it that much more impressive. I thought it was cool that they brought Zegras in. He wasn't one of the all-stars. So having him involved in the weekend was key, especially since all these kids are looking up to him with the dish again and all this hype he's bringing to the game. Um, I, mean, I, I like I, how, I like how he went like full out, not just the average Joe's like uniform, but even like the, I think he did like the Lafleur on the back too. Pete Lafleur, the guy who, had the average Joe's gym and everything. So that was beautiful execution without a doubt. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, they introduced two new competitions for the skills comp, uh, both of them at the Bellagio. They did the best of 21, like a blackjack setup where they were, they had um, the cards and the players kind of shot at them. I know you and I talked about that a little bit. If they're going to continue to do something like that, I, I doubt it. This is more of a Vegas connection, but yeah. if they were going to do it again, I would suggest that they did smaller cards I know I made it a little bit more difficult because it seemed pretty easy for some of these players, wouldn't you say? I mean, they're, yeah, NHL caliber guys, sauce in a puck, you know, what, 30 feet away? And cards that are like as big as us, I feel like. Like, I mean, come on. Everybody but, hit 21, right? I believe everyone advanced. Yeah, but again, it was dumb. It was like, oh, people get like King Ace, Jack Ace. Like, they actually got 21. And then, like, I think, like, Brady Kachuk got like 21 in like four or five cards. Like, oh, yeah, you go on too. And then they ran out of, they ran out of aces at the end because they didn't have people either putting cards up or didn't have enough. So then it's like, oh, whoever hits the next ace wins, even though you haven't had a chance to shoot this round. And then I forget who won it, but was it Stamkos that won it? I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds and right. And it's like, okay, you hit the last ace, game's over. Back to you guys is kind of, kind of yeah. funky. I mean, they, they shot it the night before, so it wasn't going on as, as the skills comp was going on. So I was actually there in the arena, a little strange that they broadcasted it, but I mean, that's what they had to do. They weren't going to be able to do it at the same time, bringing these players to and from the strip. What's, what's interesting though, is like, now that you bring it up is like, they literally did a very similar thing with like in the blues all-star game where they had like all the players on a platform in the stands shoot it like basically like targets like could you not have done the same thing like from where like the night line is or whatever and just have like big cards to try and hit like i feel like that would have been way more fun way more engaging but again i'm not the the marketing people over there yeah, at the nhl that makes sense i but i guess they they moved to the bellagio to do the saucer pass or right. deal where they had the light up pucks and then they had to shoot it which it wound up being i think roman yossi that won and it makes sense because it's more of like a defenseman move to you know to move the puck down the ice and have those saucer passes um I think they just wanted to utilize Bellagio a little bit more. They were already going to set up and have the guys down there. So, you know, might as well, but all in good fun. Uh, Ultimately it was great. I thought that the all-star games themselves were a tad bit lacking. Tom Wilson did score, I think within like the opening 15 seconds. Fastest goal in all-star game history. Tom Wilson. Oh my God. Um, 
he was entertaining though. The people were booing him and he, I love seeing that. It was, it kind of reminds me back of uh, John Scott yeah. when, uh, in, and Patrick Kane getting booed. And I, I, I think it's cool. It brings a little entertainment to it. Almost like a WWE factor. I know that's, we try to keep the game as pure as possible, but for all-star weekend, I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody to have a little yeah. entertainment, right? Especially if you're on the strip in Las Vegas. Um, as we said, Metropolitan went on to take it. Uh, Drew with the MVP, and when they were interviewing him, they asked him uh, if he had any words of encouragement for Ovechkin uh, back home because he opted out, obviously, again, this time for a positive COVID test. And, I mean, we have yet to see that. But they asked him if he had any words of encouragement, and he said, not really. And I thought that was great. Either he was taken back or he was just like, screw this guy. Like, I don't care. I'm the one that won this shit. What, what are you supposed to say? Like, right. I- Sorry, you feeling better? Sorry, you weren't here. I get. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird question, but whatever. What was it like? A Kia SUV that he won, or something? A Toyota Toyota SUV? Yeah, I think it was Toyota. Yeah, he but... could he could hop in there and uh, and drive him over some some popsicles for that sore throat <laughs> he's he's nursing. Yeah, no whatever kidding. he's doing. Yeah, he's probably somewhere on a tropical beach. He's like, oh man, I'm so I'm so sick right now. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but either way, yeah, fun weekend. It was great. Um. I want to shout out to the Barstool guys and the Chicklets dudes for helping me uh, pop the question to my girlfriend, Lo. Uh, she was completely uh, surprised, which is just mind-blowing. I, I brought her onto stage for uh, the ceremonial puck drop. And um, yeah, I, I dropped down to one knee after, after beating Biz fair and square uh, without the ring and, and did the thing. What, what's, what's exciting, though, is, is um, Wit had no idea. So his response of like, oh, shit, oh, shit, was like real, which is funny that he was out of the out of the um, he wasn't cued in and neither was low. I'm like, why on earth would they bring us up? They had celebrities there. They had Nasher there. Patrick Sharp was in the competition. We had uh, NHL players left and right. I don't know why she would think we would do it, but uh, it was great. It was awesome. And um, a funny little story I'll share before we get into the more hockey news, but the night before there was an enrollment party at uh, the Strat at PT's sports bar. And that's kind of where we, uh, we picked up our jerseys and we met with the guys and, and signed up for the tournament officially. So I had been planning this. I bought low a Charlie McAvoy Boston Bruins Jersey for Christmas and all month long. She was like, I can't wait to wear it all-star weekend. It's my only chance to wear it. The Bruins are never in town. We never get to go to a game. I'm going to wear it. So I thought of a good way to get a loophole out of it. I was like, hey, look, I talked to Grinelli. He said that they can't use the logo due to likeness rights. They're going to have to blur it out. So you, you can't wear the Bruins jersey. You're going to have to wear one of the, our booze jerseys. And she was like, okay, all right. Well, at that enrollment party, she pulled Grinelli aside and was no. like, Hey, I have a Charlie McAvoy Jersey. Is it true? I can't wear it. And he's like, Oh dude, go ahead. We would love to do that. You know, they're all Boston Bruins uh, guys. Yeah. Oh, so of course I had to pop the question in her wearing her McAvoy Jersey, but Hey, at least it wasn't Marshand, right? That's something that's a positive way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, fun weekend overall, but let's talk about some current hockey. What's up, everyone? Tyler Cash here from the Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast, interrupting this week's episode to talk about one of our amazing sponsors, Schlafly Brewing Company. A staple in the St. Louis community for 30 years now, they have four different brew pubs located all over the metropolitan area, including downtown St. Louis, Maplewood, 
St. Charles, and most recently they opened a location in Highland, Illinois. From stouts and porters to lagers and IPAs, when it comes to delicious and refreshing beers, Schlafly has got you covered. Their Just a Bit Hazy IPA is an easy drinking IPA that will hit stores this February alongside their highly sought after Tasmanian IPA. If you know me, you know I enjoy a good dark beer and their coffee stout is among some of the best I've ever tasted. If you're looking for something just a bit lighter though, their white lager is crisp and clean as it's unfiltered and perfect for the domestic beer drinker that would like to transition to drinking more craft beers. You can download the Schlafly app on your phone to help locate and purchase their products all across the country. Be sure and follow them on Facebook and Instagram for constant new updates and information on all of their products. Schlafly beers are delicious and refreshing. Check them out. You won't regret it. Let's start with some St. Louis Blues drama, I would say, at least a little bit amongst the fans. It seems as if there is some goalie drama. I'll let you kick it off and talk about it a little bit. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. I feel like Bennington has definitely cooled off a lot um, after maybe the first couple of months of the season. Um, Puso won again tonight. He has the same amount of wins as Bennington does this year. And I think wow. significantly less games played. I think Bennington has 24 games played. Puso has, I think, 17. Um, either way, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference is astounding in stats. I mean, Huso's sub two goals against like 94 save percentage, Bennington's like 3.3 goals against like sub 90 save percentage, like 89 point something. Um, just I don't know, it's just one of those things where it, it feels like it feels eerily similar to like 2019, where Bennington just came out of nowhere and just stood on his head. And then now it's like reversed with Huso, but then Bennington just whatever, even after the break, getting his head right, taking, you know, some time with the all-star break and everything. And Blues had an extended break too, like an extra like week off. I felt like built in there too with the, with the way the schedule was, but yeah, I mean, he came back, played the devils at that game, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, Blues lost like what, six to three or something, a couple of empty net goals, six to four, seven to four, something like that. And that's against um, the devils who are kind of near the, yeah, near the bottom of the, of the league. Yeah. And like, I mean, guys, again, some of those goals aren't his issue. Like it just, it's one of those things, like just trying to watch the game objectively where it's just like watching the blues play in front of Jordan Bennington is just a completely different team in front of that. It is in front of uh Huso. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Let's like there's just have more confidence in front of Huso. They know that they can like make a mistake and he'll have his back later on. I guess with Bennington, they think maybe a soft goal and like, oh great, like there goes the game. I, I don't I don't want to speculate on that necessarily, but it's just not the same Bennington that everyone obviously remembers. And I think he's obviously, you know, trended downwards since the cup run. Um, obviously hard to top that by any means, but to even have, you know. 20 or 30% regression from there. He'd still be a great goalie, but he's far off that right now. And then what he signed for the next, what, six years, I think, give or take. Um, no, five years, I think, after this. But still, yeah, I mean, not a great spot. And then obviously, Huso's a UFA coming up, making league minimum. So you're in a real tricky spot going forward. What I'm confused about is how is Huso a UFA? Wasn't this his his entry level deal wouldn't he be an rfa or how, no. i mean no I mean, he, he's he's basically uh been bouncer out of the blues since like 2016 2017 
So, you know, you have your entry-level deal and then you have like three years of restricted free agent rights and then coming up on like year seven of like pro hockey, then you have basically become a UFA at that point. So um, he's due up and he's obviously going to be a want, want to be a starter. You you, you have Allen or not Jake Allen. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you have, he's pulling a Jake Allen. That's for sure. Uh, Bennington, who's just not the guy during that cup run, which I know you and I speculated they might've pulled the trigger too soon, uh, extending him that, that long. Um, I think he's a great goalie. I, I think that he'll find his groove and at, I believe his, his cap hit is only, it's under six, correct? It's, it's at six. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not horrible, but again, I mean, if Huso leaves, if you don't get it from the trade deadline, if he's obviously keep him and he walks after the year, obviously you have, I mean, you really don't have much. I mean, you have Lindgren who had, you know, a cup of coffee that played phenomenally. He's a UFA too. I mean, I would assume if you tell him he's going to be a backup, he's probably resigning. Then you have Hoffer. He's only 21. He's still got a lot of time to go, I think, before he's going to even probably be a backup for us, quite honestly. But yeah, I mean, so you got five more years of Bennington after this year. But again, like the, the weirdest thing is like, even the years that he struggled the years past, like I just feel like when it's come to the playoffs, like just out of the blue, he just snaps out of it and just plays well. Like the stats, I don't necessarily reflect it, but like, again, going round one against the avalanche with the Perron, like last year, like he made some insane saves and like some of these games should have been like five goal blowouts and they were two goal games, you know, kind of respectable type stuff. And either way, I mean, you gotta just roll with it. I think at this point, I mean, you could probably swing a deal to deal Huso somewhere and, and get something for him. But at that point, you're potentially sacrificing even making playoffs potentially with how competitive the West tends to be. So, well, it seems that this has become more of a tandem situation as it is regardless. Huso's already gotten more starts than I would have expected him to. Uh, granted, I believe COVID is probably involved with the protocols with that and um, maybe injury as far as that happening. But yeah, if you said correctly, it was like 27 to 21 starts, almost like a, a dead even tandem it's hard to think that if the playoffs started right now, you got to ride who so. And, yeah. and if that's the case, you, you can't even entertain the idea of moving him. Even, I mean, I know you brought up that a first round pick would be hard to ignore, but he could be the future of this franchise. And if you're able to lock him down for the same amount of money that you have Bennington, you're paying 12 million for two goalies, 11 million for two goalies. That's not the end of the world. There's there's plenty of, of goaltending situations across the league that you're paying that much for just one guy. Yeah, but then when you look at our actual cap situation, you only have, like, if you don't re-sign Perron, you only have $4 million coming off the books, then you still have a, a couple of RFAs that are probably going to get around a million that you got to sign too. The money's not there. That's the issue. Like, cap's not going up. Money's not there. Yeah. Someone's going to have to move out and then... Like- I guess if you got rid of Perron, though, and you maybe moved Bozak, because I I think he's he's uh, pending RFA, correct? I mean, he's league minimum. It's oh, shit. That's right. Here I was thinking it was that I think he was somewhere in the ballpark of Perron, like three million a year. Oh, yeah. He like the years before before he signed the deal. Yeah, I was like, I think like two mil, something like that. But still, we'll see how it plays out. (sighs) Obviously, still a good month before trade deadline. Anything can happen. Benny could snap out of it. Who so could just go on a cold streak. You know, the way he's playing, it's like, just look at the stats. It's just not sustainable. That's the scary part. 
And then if that's not sustainable, Bennington's playing bad, nothing matters really at that point. So, so what would you do? Uh, gun to your head. You got to make a move. Playoffs are starting tomorrow. Or, you know what? Let's, let's give you a little bit of time. Let's say play uh, trade deadline is this week. And you know that you got to move somebody. You either get something for Huso or you have the opportunity to move Bennington. What route are you going? I mean, I think that I think the only other option you have is like you got to at least talk to Huso and be like, obviously, you're playing great. Like, do you want to be here? If so, how do we make this work? Get his agent involved, see if there's a way to do like a, a somewhat friendly three, four year deal, probably unlikely. Um, and then figure out the rest of that next season. You know, like dealing with two or three million for a backup goalie is much more manageable than six or five million at that point, which you would probably easily get on open market um, from somebody. I think safe to say the way he's playing, assuming it stays relatively similar. But I mean, I think at this point, like mentally, I'm like, I feel like I would, if, if I'm able to somehow swing a deal to get like a first round pick for him or like a recent first rounder, like prospect that might be like, you know, he's doing good, but he's not up to, you know, snuff right now. I think you got to do it. You got to bite the bullet. Bennington's the future. That's why you signed him. Who so, I mean, Bennington's got a, a no trade clause. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, I think that's the problem. Like if that something like that happens, you got to do it. If you don't get an amazing deal, you keep them and, and write it out. Hope you can sign them. If you don't, you don't, you live with it. I think that's the, that's the simplest way to put it. So we're going to sprinkle in uh, a few possibilities for trade deadline rumors and, and where these guys might go and what teams might add. So I feel like before we move on from the St. Louis blues, I feel like we should talk about the possibility of them looking to add defense. seems defense has been a concern for that franchise as of late and, you know, Shabbat, Chikrin, these are names that have been uh, floating around. Uh, can you see the Blues uh, pulling the trigger on, on somebody like that or or more so like a rental route? I don't see Shabbat going anywhere at all. He's still signed for like six more years in Ottawa, 25. You'd have to give up so much. If you're going to do something, it's going to be like a Chikrin, um, what you're giving back in return. I mean, I don't think – I really don't think Arizona's going to want like a Tarasenko, quite honestly. Like, we don't need him. It'd be like basically – that'd be like them shipping out like Chikorin and probably Kessel the deadline and bringing back Tarasenko, and it's like, why? Like, we're not doing anything this season that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and that'd be like a big F you to, to Vladdy. I think he has – I mean, he has a modified no-trade clause, I believe. So Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere he doesn't want to go. But, I mean, it's also hard to even move him right now considering he's leading the team in both goals and points yeah, as of exactly. tonight uh, over Cairo. So, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if, you, if you're picking between those two for something to happen, again, Chikrin's only 23. He's got three years left on his deal. I mean, that's going to be a lot – of stuff you're giving back you're talking at least probably I mean, you could probably argue two firsts and an nhl ready guy you could yeah. argue a first and somewhere along the lines of like i don't think thomas or Cairo are really into the conversation for no, no, you know, you can't moving move someone but like he could maybe potentially be like um i mean again i don't think it'd be exciting by any means but you could potentially <laughs> screw over a uh, Buchnevich. I mean, he's got no parade protection. I mean, you just signed the guy. I mean, if anything, I would say if you have to do something like that, I would say sell high on Barbashev personally guys, crazy low cap controlled, having a career year. 
Uh, he's only signed for one more year after this. He's probably going to command five mil after that deal. Um, yeah. and especially if you want to sign Perron, like you want to keep him around. And uh, I mean, that's the other thing too. Yeah. Perron that, I mean, it's like at that point, I mean, I think you can make it happen, but then you're biting the bullet of, yeah. I mean, dealing with living with a barbershop being gone and then fitting chicken under the cap next year. But I think that if there's a, if there's a big ticket move, that's probably it. So I said we were going to move on from the blues, but we'll, we'll touch base real quick. Craig Berube signed an extension. I believe it was three more years as the head coach. He seems like the right guy for the, for that locker room. Um, Hard nosed player back in the day. Obviously everyone knows that, that infamous photo of him, I think playing for the Washington capitals, he's missing like his entire front row of his teeth. Just a hard ass. Uh, I love his coaching style. There's no argument there that he brought that team together during that cup run when he was interim head coach. He's he's earned his spot there as far as I'm concerned. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, 100%. Yeah. Voices and lost in locker in three years is the right term. Smart, smart signing. Makes sense for both sides. Also got a shout out Bortuzzo, two-year extension with the Blues. If Terrence, it's crazy to think if Tarasenko goes somewhere, he'll be the longest tenured Blue. Oh, wow. Uh, nuts. But, Bobby B, good old yeah. Bertuzzo. Yeah, and then uh, Logan Brown also got a deal here at the Blues as well for, for next year, too, hometown boy. So just a couple of quick updates there. But, um, yeah, I think if we want to just maybe knock out all the update or, I guess, extension news, really, obviously, uh, St. Louis boy, Pat Maroon, the two-year extension down there in uh, in Tampa, where he's clearly never leaving Tampa Bay, it seems anymore. So yeah, he's uh he solidified himself as Florida man, and uh, I mean he's encompassed it. He's got the big gnarly beard, the long hair. You love to see it. Everybody kind of said his career was dwindling down. I, I'm sure you can go back and even see me talking about it on this podcast, saying he should retire immediately after winning with the Blues. I was like, yeah, he should he should go out on top. And then two and, more times it's happened. And I'm an idiot because he, he could potentially have four Stanley Cups before retirement, maybe even five. It, it doesn't look like Tampa is going anywhere anytime soon. Even with a weaker bottom six, they're they're killing it. Um, yeah. Pat Maroon's doing great. Love to see that, especially for a hometown boy, like you said. Um, yeah, just you love to see it, and especially when he's he's grinding, man. He's just he's just a fourth line grinder, and he encompasses everything that the sport is lacking a lot these days. And he can also find the the puck and put it in the back of the net, which is very rare. He's kind of almost like a great value Tom Wilson, in a sense, like he's cheaper. Um, he gets nitty gritty. He may not be getting those top line minutes anymore like he was, but um, like he once was. It's been quite some time, but. Yeah, he, he can score those big goals as we saw in game seven around two, 2019 against the Dallas Stars, stuff like that. Yeah. And then while we're on the topic of Tampa Bay, like shout out Corey Perry. Dude's probably going to get 20, pot 20 goals on the fourth line. Like that's nuts. He hasn't potted 20 goals since, uh, what, 2015, 16 with the Ducks? It's been like six years. And he's league minimum, right? So it's like that kind I, of shit. Is I, think it's like a, I think it's like a million, but I mean, Basically, either way. Yeah. Like, that, that fourth line, I believe, is Corey Perry. Pat Maroon and uh, Edward Belmar. I think so. Yeah. $3 million fourth line, which is that's insane. That's, yeah. Killing it to say the least. I mean, Ar- arguably the best fourth line in, in the league, I would say currently. Yeah. I think without a doubt. I mean, like Belmar is like plus 14 as a fourth line guy. That's absolutely nuts. 
Um, he wins face-offs too. I don't know the stat not, off the I mean, top of my head, but I, I know he leads the league in not, or not yeah. leads the league, but he's up there. You're not getting any any really power play time by any means. And like again, Patrick Maroon is a plus 10, Corey Perry is a is a plus five, but I mean still it's just like to have a positive fourth line like that. But again, I mean to be fair, they're probably going up against other teams' fourth lines that are far less skilled. So good for them. But uh yeah, I mean they're making a home down there for sure. Listen up, goons. Gotta interrupt the podcast to talk about another one of our amazing sponsors, Shortside Co., a hockey, apparel, and accessory company. Established in 2020, Shortside is a Minnesota-based company with all four owners having a combined 25 years of professional hockey experience. All of their tape is made in the USA, tested and certified by NHL players, including Nate Schmidt. We had him on the podcast, so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. He's a beauty. All their products are created by players for players. Going short side is a lifestyle. But why go short side? Well, scoring goals is their passion. There are many variables that come into play in order to score a goal high on the short side. But it all starts with a perfectly executed tape job. After scoring goals in every league from mites to the NHL, they are confident that their product will be a staple in any locker room. For individuals and organizations looking to join the Shortside community, go to www.goshortside.com. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about Boston. The Boston Bruins, Brad Marchand up to his shit again. He gets six games for roughing Tristan Yari, goaltender of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You can see all the videos. He was on a warpath that night. He was stopping Crosby from going to the bench to get a new stick. It started off early in the night with him knocking the puck out of Tristan Yari's uh, hand or stick while he was trying to give it to a fan. And then, yeah, man, he comes in with that right hook when he's not looking. And as he's getting pulled off the ice, a little stick to face action. First of all, before we go any further with this, I want to commend Yari because he could have oversold every single one of those altercations. And to be fair, he has quite often lately, too, in a lot of other instances. Okay, so, yeah, he uh, handled that like a champ. I thought, like, not going after him after he knocked the puck when he's trying to give it to a fan, that was the first. If that were Bennington, he would have, you know, stirred some shit up. Or like, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, kudos to him for, for keeping his composure. But six games, where do you stand with that? Do you think that's well worth it, or do you think that's a little oversell? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time he's suspended, I think? Is he tech- I don't think he's technically a re- repeat offender. He might not technically be a repeat offender, but I did see somewhere that he now holds the record for the most individual suspensions by a single player in the NHL. I think I saw something that's not true. Um, I think it might be like modern day, like hockey. Um, I was trying to look that up. I think so. someone has like 13. They've been suspended 13 different times or something. Tom Wilson. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sure Tom Wilson has the most collective uh, games I and mean, maybe uh, Brad Marchand has the most suspensions. Like, I, don't, I don't think so. I think Rafi Torres has he got that. Remember, he got that like 41 game suspension. Is that is he currently in the league though? I'm talking about current, oh, current players. I think yeah, it's okay. current players in the league. I, I don't think it's anything of the past. I'm sure that there's been more suspensions, but current players in the league, Tom Wilson has got two 20 game suspensions that I can think of that were obviously um, lessened uh, due to appeals, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I saw that Brad Marchand has the most individual suspensions, but he, as you said, he doesn't seem to be a repeat perf- uh, uh, occurrence because I can't remember the last time he got suspended. But 
Yeah, I, I would say six games for this just because if you go back and you watch the recap of the whole game, he, he wanted to get tossed from that game. And yeah. I, it took until the last 20 seconds when you're already down two goals to be an asshat to get tossed from the game. And now he's going to he's actually going to eat, I believe, four hundred and eighty thousand dollars, like half a million dollars in his salary. And while yeah. his team is fighting for, you know, not fighting for their lives, but definitely in content for a playoff spot. He's going to be sitting out the next six games and he's their leading goal scorer. So with on this note, um, so it's interesting. So I look, I just looked this up on Twitter. Someone made a spreadsheet. It's back from starting from November of 2020, basically all the way up to November, 2021 active NHLers in their suspension history. So technically before the Brad Marchand suspension, Tom Wilson was tied with Evander Kane because of his COVID situation. Okay. Talking from actual hurting people, Tom Wilson, but Marshand is at 26 games. Wilson's at 30. So assuming the six games suspension is upheld or it's reduced maybe one game to five, Marshand will now have the most games suspended by an active player. Okay. Sure. So that yeah. makes sense. Also, I want to talk about Evander Kane. Obviously he went to Edmonton. I don't think we've had an episode since that, that move happened. It might've been a little bit of, of uh, hearsay at that point. He played uh, San Jose tonight for the first time. I didn't know if he got a tribute video, but I know that every time he touched the puck, the crowd was booing. So you just love to see it. Yeah, I'm trying to see that right now. Uh, How do you give the guy, uh, dude? I wonder if they just avoided it. If they if they would have given him a tribute video and people were just booing him and throwing shit on the ice for being such a fucking asshat. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Or do you I just mean, do you just? I don't know. I, I would love to see that. So if you guys are listening to this episode and you were at that game, or if you saw any highlights of that like definitely send it our way yeah i mean i'm just looking at stuff every time he touches the puck just booze left and right it's great good because Um, as we talked about last episode i believe we said that the sharks are a better team yeah it was the last episode they're they're doing much better obviously they're still fighting for that wild card spot last time i looked um but they look better than they did with evander kane in that locker room there's no arguing that yeah i mean shitty as it is to say right i mean their ultimate goal is to win hockey games and win a cup and you have a guy like that on your team you deal with the media that comes with it i guess and hope it's not a distraction but we'll we'll see and i know edmonton bit the bullet and brought him on i think it was one million and for the rest of the year with a full no movement clause yeah last i looked i think he only had four points uh, two goals, two assists, something like that. So it's not like he's lighting him up. He's not making that huge of an impact. Um, I mean, granted, Edmonton is hot garbage. Kind I mean, of dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, two goals, two assists, 4.7 games, nothing crazy. I also found this out, too. So he signed, like, uh, what did he sign? It's such weird how the cap hit works. So he signed a league minimum deal, but had like a 600 K signing bonus, I think was prorated, but because the deal was signed mid season by an unrestricted free agent, it like inflates the cap hit. So like on the cap hit, he has like a $2.1 million cap hit. It's a really, really weird rule. Cause you never really see like mid season signings. Right. By any means like it doesn't happen. It's just trades. So like I'm looking at cap friendly, like he has a 2.1 and change cap hit, which is odd. But again, that's a different story. But um, let's talk about another midseason signing uh, in another Boston situation. Obviously, Tuka Rask signed the same kind of ordeal league minimum around league minimum. I think it was a million dollars. And that would be uh, also prorated. For- was, it, was it official or was he still on a PTO? 
No, no. He, I, I think you have to sign a contract in order to actually play uh, in the NHL, and he wound up playing four games. I think he won two, he lost two. Two of them were like huge blowouts, and he decided that his hip just wasn't going to pull it together. So he yeah. officially announced his retirement from professional hockey. I believe he's 36. I thought he still had some gas in the tank. 34. Yeah. Man, but the, hip, the hip, dude, It's as a goalie, too, that's – yeah, that's it's tough. Not, I mean, anyone not, really is with skating. It's rough. Yeah, it's not too much different than Ben Bishop. I know Bishop is a little older than I thought he was, but you hate to see it. Um, Tukarask, arguably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, he's got a Vesna. He's got a Stanley Cup. Um, I think he retired with the best save percentage. Maybe just in current active goalies, but it's it's up there among the best. And um I you mean, hate yeah. to see you hate to see him go out, but you know one hell of a career. Yeah, I agree. Um, rough, but yeah, I mean, sad to see him go. I mean, he, you know, I think Boston especially thinks it sucks because, like, you know, he technically won a cup with them, but you know, the only cup they won with him when he's on the bench with Tim Thomas just went absolutely bonkers. Um, so he, he won as a backup. I think yeah. we, we talked about this before. He's a little bit. Yeah. There might be some contention to him going to the hall of fame, but you know, argue arguably one of the best to play, whether you're a Bruins fan or not. Hey, what's up everyone. We're interrupting the fourth line goon hockey podcast to talk about one of our awesome sponsors. Big balls. Kickball is St. Louis's premier adult kickball league, bringing you the best game in town since 2007. Veteran owned and operated, they strive to bring out the kid in everyone, and they let you let loose and make new friends on that field. Big Balls welcomes players from all walks of life, and they pride themselves on being one of the most inclusive leagues out there. If that's not enough, they also offer Big Balls apparel. That's right, they sell clothing, all that stuff, and it's rad. Me and Tommy have some. We've been rocking them. They go back with the retro designs, back to the 90s, back to your childhood, all of that. So be sure to go and check out Big Balls Kickball at www.stlbigballs.com. Well, let's, let's keep with the goalie theme, and this is actually a hot topic amongst Twitter today, uh, and that's in the Vegas Golden Knights realm. Frank Saravelli of the Daily Faceoff uh, posted this morning that there were some sort of hint that there would be a reunion between goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury and the Vegas Golden Knights. Basically, the hockey Twitter exploded. People were freaking out. Uh, I know that just on my timeline, people were so hyped. You could see, you could see the Fairweather fans come crawling back, wanting their season tickets. Um, it, man, at very least, it's exciting to be a Golden Knights fan because topics like this. But I know you and I had spoke. We've been, you know, texting off and on all day, and you don't seem to think it was even uh, ever an option. I, I honestly, I think my biggest thing with it, we didn't talk about it, is like, I don't know if the NHL would allow it. Like, I don't know if they'd even okay the deal. Like, you moved him to Chicago, and then now you want, like, Chicago to retain salary, but maybe trade him to another team as well to retain salary there. So 75% of the contract, or I guess 67% of the contract, whatever the fuck it is, is is retained so you can fit him under the cap. I don't think they'd allow that. I think they'd shoot that down, in my opinion. Uh, they actually, also, they actually would not allow uh, salary retainment if it's just from the Hawks. So if you trade yeah. a player to a team within the same calendar year, 
that team is not allowed to trade him back while retaining salary, but you could involve a third team to be a broker. Could you involve a third team? Could you involve a fourth team? Like where's the limit, right? Yeah. Like, you could, can get sketchy with it. Could, for sure. could you get it down to league minimum on your books for the, for flurries spread across like five teams? Like, is that even doable? I don't even know, but I mean, either way. Right. I mean, it's just like at that point, the only way it's realistic is if, Stone is out long-term, if Leonard is out long-term, and if Martinez is out long-term. You got to make Meaning until playoffs. Yeah, otherwise, if not, you don't have – you have nothing. Activating Eichel with Stone out right now and Martinez is pretty much like just about every single bit of LTIR relief you have. Yeah. You can't bring him in unless – and like I said, the only way it makes sense is if Leonard is out for the whole season. And if he's not, then – you can't do it. There's no way. And if Leonard's out for the whole season, it is a scary time to be a Vegas Golden Knights fan because you kind of went all in. You know, they're going to hold on to Riley Smith. Presumably, they're not going to trade him now that they got that salary cap relief, sending Stone to the LTIR. I know some people were speculating that they're pulling a, a, a Tampa by um, cap uh, circum, circumvention. Am I using that right? Cap, yeah. Salary cap circumvention. Is that the term? And uh, the reality is, though, this Stone hasn't been himself this year, and that's because he's been fighting – probably something scary as well when it comes to his back and he's missed 20 games so far when he's been there, he hasn't been himself. Um, I understand fans are going to be a little upset because he made an appearance at the all-star game, but let's just be honest here. The all-star game is not a strenuous competition. It's not anything that's going to hurt a player. It's not full contact. I mean, they didn't even make it out of the first game (laughs) and otherwise the only skills competitions he did, he wasn't on, on his skates. He was outside. Um, So there's no arguing that he's been dealing with with an injury for quite some time. My guess is as soon as the postseason's over, he's going to hit surgery right away. Kind of like what they did with Alex Tuck. It's a surgery that's going to put you out for probably four to six months, and he doesn't want to be out when they have like their best opportunity yet to potentially win the cup. Now, Leonard's scary, man. That's really scary because Brossois has been a fine backup, but that's all he's been, and if Leonard has this shoulder injury that he's been dealing with and they confirmed that it's not the same, but you know, who knows if that's real or not. And if he's I mean, really going to be out, he's still never, he still hasn't had a great season either. Like, let's be honest. Like he's no. been okay at best. And yeah, I mean, having Brassois and then, I mean, I feel like in the next month you would know if you're not going to have something, but you'd probably make a deal for another goalie at that point. Um, again, and, and flurry was, or, yeah, flurry was the rumor, but, uh, it looks like Kelly McCrimmon uh, shot that down very violently in a press conference today. He said, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. It's not happening. Um, I know people are still speculating whether or not he just wants to keep it under under wraps so that he can get Vlurry back for less. Uh, obviously, these contract negotiations are going to get really hairy over the next couple of weeks before trade deadline, uh, which is March 21st, by the way. I don't know if you remember that or not. They pushed it yeah, back. Right. Um I also saw that Georgiev is is potentially connected to that. I don't know why the Rangers would move him because they have $35 million in cap uh, and they're going to be making moves. So they don't need to move the goalie. I know that he's a pending uh, free agent, but I see that the the Knights have potentially shown interest in him as well. I mean, it makes sense. Shesterkin's assuming he does get injured, is probably winning Bezina. Um Gorgiev is at 2.4 right now in an RFA. So next year you're thinking for sure he's going to get three mil plus and then to pay three mil plus for a backup. Does that make sense? I don't think so. 
Right. Um, He's going to want to be a starter, a big gun somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's, yeah, I think that would make potential sense for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this up, but I feel like it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about, we got two more things I feel like we should bring up potentially three Sidney Crosby, 500, 500th career goal. He's becoming the 46th player in NHL history to do so. Awesome. He's been doing great. I mean, that team looks awesome this year. Wouldn't you say? I mean, for what's how injuries they've had, I mean, look at the Penguins of, of the last decade, I feel like. Fun fact, 500 goals for Crosby, 50 of those have been a score against the Flyers. So 10% of his goals in his career have come against just Philadelphia, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, and if you're yeah. a Penns fan, you love to see it, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially they came back down like 4-2 tonight to win in overtime. Um, oh, we didn't we didn't talk about that. We're, we're going to bring up Flyers. You know, Drew... He's a pending free agent as well. And, you know, rumor has it that he's expressed interest in either going to, what was it, the Colorado Avalanche, the Minnesota Wild, or the St. Louis Blues. I don't know why the Blues would need him, but that name was dropped in. If there's a team that makes sense, I think, with Cap especially, it's it's the Wild, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I just think you have to move pieces or – bringing that third party to retain salary crap to make it work. I just don't know if that's going to happen. So, I mean, I think there's a team that has the cap space that can do it. Maybe some salary retention, I think right off the bat from just the flyers would be the wild. And I mean, for what they are, they're, they're looking good. I mean, they're, I think they're better. I mean, they're, they're good. I think they're better than I expected personally. Will they make a, a deep playoff run? Is this the year for them to do it? Don't I necessarily I, see it with Talbot. I, net, yeah. So. I was going to say I, their goaltending is still their issue. That we've, we've expressed that enough. Um, Talbot doesn't seem to be the guy for them. And no matter how exciting they're, they move towards with having um, Kaprizov and if they add Giroux and, and they get these, these goals from these guys that are third and fourth line grinders, I mean, it's still not going to make up for who's in net. Yeah. Um, so Tyler Toffoli to the Flames. Seems that the Calgary Flames are all in. Exciting, but here's my argument. I, I can't help but think about another team that went all in, bought at the deadline, kept a couple of star players and didn't move them for any pieces, and that was the Columbus Blue Jackets holding it's, on to Panarin, holding on to Bobrovsky, and now their future is fucked, right? Which, I mean, is, which is ironic because the Flames are actually playing the Blue Jackets in Toffoli's debut. Funnily enough, like 30 seconds ago, he just scored in his debut. So okay, good, he's off good to a good him. start. Off to yeah. a good start. But, I mean, I think it's – I don't necessarily look at it as an all-in move. I look at it as a Johnny Gaudreau is probably walking, and this is our insurance policy. If we can keep him great, we figure it out. If we can't – we got something to somewhat replace his production. That's what I view it as. But they're not going to move Gaudreau now at the top at, at, at trade deadline because you're going to want to hold on to him. Obviously, he's a pending UFA with 58 points in 45 games. It's funny how when these guys are uh, playing for a contract, they seem to find the back of the net, right? I mean, that's, that's good motivation for anybody, I think. But I mean, yeah, do, why would you want to move him anyway? You're you're challenging for the division. Like you're in a good spot to make a run. I mean, Markstrom has been playing nuts. He has like what seven, eight shutouts. Yeah, at least like, eight. At guys, least eight. nuts. And and like, yeah. I mean, you're not trading anyone. They're not. They're not in a spot to trade. They're in a spot to to make a run this year. And they they started off in a spot where it looked like the same old Flames, just not really doing a whole lot. And they've come on hard here. I think midway point. And yeah, I mean, with where they're at, I think it makes complete sense to get to Foley to have that insurance policy. They're able to fit him under the cap. 
I think this is the team you have and you're going to ride it out and see what happens. I think that that's where you're at because I think next year, Goudreau is pretty much gone no matter what, because Matty Kachuk is up. That's yeah. going to probably push you, assuming he stays there, Greg, he's an RFA, odds are he's going to. Maybe he pulls a Brady Kachuk and holds out like, you know, he did. You're probably getting 10 mil, 9 mil from for, for Kachuk, and then you're already pretty much at the cap at that point. I mean, I, remember, I guess to take that back, with Goudreau off the books, then you have like 4 mil left. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more if, if Zadorov doesn't get resigned. You can, you can yeah. find like a second or third line guy to, to maybe fill the void for goals. But Johnny Gaudreau is on pace for over 100 points this year. And although he is known to disappear in the postseason, some team's going to pay out the ass for him, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, any team's going to come calling for Johnny Hockey. I mean, yeah. he, he's going to have a place on the team. Uh, and if he can go to a contender, he definitely can contribute. Um so yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up this episode. Um, Jack Eichel making his Vegas Golden Knights appearance tomorrow here in uh, Las Vegas against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm, I'm assuming Brassois is going to be a net because you know Leonard's hurt. So that's the only drawback, except for um, I mean he's having a good year. He's having pretty good. But dude, I'm excited. Uh, this is something that's been talked about for quite some time. And dude, I, I know Jack Eichel is definitely eager to get out there and, and start uh, making a difference on this team. Yeah, I was looking up uh, if there are any prop bets available yet. I don't see anything at the moment, but I want, I'm assuming there's probably going to be like, will like, well, actually, hang on, there might. If he will be... get a, if one of them's a point, just a freaking point, you got to be an idiot not to take that all day. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's an option on it. I don't think there's anything at the moment. Yeah, nothing right now. Probably come out tomorrow. But I mean, yeah, there's some sites out there that'll let you choose like over under on point shots goals assists all that stuff so definitely some look out it'll probably be like you know minus 150 or something it'll be like amazing odds but i think it'll be uh something to look at if you want to maybe potentially cash in. he's gonna he's gonna come out swinging because that dude is uh he's been hungry now for almost two years to to play hockey yeah look at the uh look at the books tomorrow and let me know if that's a thing i'm just curious what the odds are going to be on it like if it's goals or points or whatever i'm curious what they have them at Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you go back and watch our most recent episode with AJ Galante at the Danbury Trashers. Like I said, amazing interview. So much fun. Got to chat with him at the Chicklets Cup a couple weekends ago. Um, find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, um, hit us up. Do you, do you have anything you want to end on? No, let's... Uh... Start doing these more often consistently. I think that's the only thing I want to say. Yeah, yeah. We, that's say, our... it every, we say it every time, but <laughs> fuck life, dude. Life. Right. And I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, we both appreciate you sticking with us now because we've been doing this. We're coming up on 60 episodes. It's probably been about, oh, shit. I'd say at least four NHL. NHL. Well, you know what? We started this. Three, right, three and a half. Right before three, the Blues three, won. Three plus playoffs, I think. That's didn't we start this right before the blues made a playoff run or they won? It was, it was like, it was like middle of that year. So it's like three and a half plus yeah. playoff run. Then yeah. no, we're not saying that our names should be on the cup, but we're also saying our names should probably be on the cup, but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, thank you guys so much and cheers everybody. Let it guys.